Welcome back to another Wednesday Night Fight Back. Now, the Global Monitoring Laboratory, which is responsible for producing figures on uh, global warming, um, has produced a series of figures which you commented on, Michael, and it's not looking good, is it? All of the uh, key metrics are going in the wrong direction, including CO2. Uh, what, what's your general reaction to this? Well, um, I started looking at this. Uh, this, is, this is from the uh, Global Monitoring Laboratory in Hawaii. And every month they take um, atmospheric readings from up from Mount Haleakalea uh, for the main uh, greenhouse gases. And they've been doing it for years. And they are, as far as I know, the, the source. And, you know, we're told to follow the science. And this is what the science says. On CO2, there has been no progress, no progress at all since COP 1995, which is when we first had global efforts trying to cut CO2 emissions. In fact, CO2 concentrations have been going up at an absolutely uninterrupted linear pace. There is no noticeable impact whatsoever on, on that rise, none. So the thing I take from that most importantly is that current efforts have failed. Then there is no reason at all, no reason at all to expect them to succeed ever. That's the first thing. They then look at three other gases, um, methane, uh, which <sighs> is in, uh, actually methane is, is an easy game because it dissipates quite easily and quickly in the atmosphere. Uh, but in fact, there's no slowdown at all, and the concentrations are growing at um, really record levels. And that's the pace of growth, not, not the actual concentration. The rise in, in, in those levels is growing at a record pace over the last couple of years. Then there's nitrous oxide, and again, there's no slowdown in the growth of concentrations, and concentrations, the, the, the growth of nitrous oxide in the atmosphere is it's growing at near record levels. And then you have the really kind of uh, the really bad one, which is sulfur hexafluoride, which is used in the electronics industry. And sulfur hexafluoride is a trace gas, but it is thousands of times, thousands of times more powerful as a greenhouse gas mm. than carbon. And, and again, we had used to have very, very modest prog progress in slowing the growth of that. But concentrations are still growing at around three and a half to four percent a year should have been since around 2010. Now, what this tells you, and it's a really important, it's a really important message, is that current policies have failed, are failing, and there is no reason in the data whatsoever to expect them to succeed in the future. All the efforts, all the propaganda, all the taxes, all the subsidies add up to a big fat nothing when it comes to doing whatever needs to be done about the climate um, gases. Can I, okay, obviously the data is what it is and it shows, uh, as you say, the line is is just continuing. It's pretty much linear. It's not hockey yeah. stick. It's just, just continuing on carbon. What is it, 410, 410? Oh, well, whatever it is this month, it'll be a little bit more is. later. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more. Um, the counter to argument is that but for the, efforts that have been made already it would be worse wouldn't it do you accept that yeah but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um because you get there anyway that's well, what your point is you're going to get carbon dioxide hangs around the atmosphere for probably about 300 years mm. so, so 
you know, this is not a quick fix. Whatever is going to happen because of greenhouse gases is going to happen. And nothing mm. we can do now is going to change that. Nothing. Um, and if you accept that, if you accept that, then your policy has to switch quite markedly, doesn't it? Um, well, you look at you look at mitigation and protection at least as much as decarbonisation, surely? Well, certainly for Britain. Certainly for Britain, that's absolutely clear. Um, if uh, greenhouse gases are, in fact, behind global warming, and actually I believe they are, um, I think that uh, you've got a lot smarter people now measuring global temperatures, which is a very, very difficult task. Uh, mm. And they all concur mm. that, that it is rising. And even though the signal is noisy, uh, I think you have to be perverse to think it's not rising. So, yes, I think it's going to continue rising. And therefore, we have to think about what to do about that. Now, mm. we have a couple of things of good news. <laughs> the first is that, the when, Lord. <laughs> is that when you look at... Um, uh, what what the scientists are predicting in terms of who gets hit hardest by uh, rises in global temperatures. The good news is that Britain gets hit hardly at all. Mm. Um, it, you know, there are some scary scenarios out there for other places, but for Britain, there really isn't. I mean, you know, they have all these coloured graphs showing the changes, and Britain just sits there being uh, <laughs> continually a slightly chilly island off, off Europe. Yes, yes. <laughs> So um, nothing, you know, the, the, the urgency of mitigation is not huge for the UK. That's, that's the first thing to say. We will survive. The second thing to say, and it's an important one, I think really important. Um, I've been reading a lot of this guy, David Deutsch. I don't know if you know about mm. David Deutsch, but he's a professor mm. of quantum physics at Oxford. So he's a smart guy. And he makes a very, very simple, powerful point, and that is that we should not view the world environment as being friendly to human beings. Yes. Uh, the the, the, no, world, you, the no. world environment is only survivable because of the, the mitigation we put in. As he puts it, at, you know, even in Oxford, without human involvement, he'd be, you know, the Oxfordshire countryside would kill him within days. Yes, there's no, there's no, it doesn't owe you anything, Michael. It doesn't it just, owe you you've anything. You've got to find and, your own way, yeah. And most species it will kill because the environment is not friendly and it's not going to be friendly. But his point is that everything, our survivability now and always, has depended on mitigation and on the use of technology in order to affect the, the mitigations for the dangers that the, the climate and the environment will throw at us. Hmm. And I think that's a very, very important point, because he says, look, there are always going to be problems, but there will always be solutions. But solutions tend to involve wealth, and because wealth is knowledge and the physical expression of that knowledge. Mm. That's how he defines wealth. With, I'd agree with that. I think that's a very fair point. But I think another point that needs to be made, particularly in relation to the uh, eco-warriors uh, that are gluing themselves to roads and and, and disrupting the uh, shell, I think it's the shell uh, public meeting today was disrupted, completely disrupted by protesters, is that um, they should be faced down because actually uh, a sudden shift, a breakdown, a complete collapse in Western and international economies would produce uh, social chaos and probably war and other conflict, which would in turn produce inevitably produce environmental disaster far worse than continuing with of, what we're doing of course um, you mitigation know, think... depends on wealth and if you if you decide mm. that in order to 
your best idea of mitigating is mm. uh, is, is to destroy the economy because that stops um, you know that stops CO two emissions. Then you are mad. Either mm. that, or you are very, very, very stupid. Uh, and, and I the think other, they must the other, be very, very stupid. And the other point I, I I'd raise in, in relation to some of the zealots is that. When you say, you know, they say, well, you've got to stop, you know, stop the Western uh, economies and consumption-based economies, um, production-based economies. You know, we all want to to, to stop that uh, because of CO two. And then you say, well, let's 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 deal with it by having a civil nuclear power program, a big one. And they say, quite a lot of them say, oh no, well, let's not do that. You sort of face them down a bit. They're not serious about that. I think we should do that anyway. I think it's a very, it will be a very reliable uh, method of getting bo- base load. The, if you look at the pipeline line in the UK, uh, offshore primarily, but onshore wind as well, uh, you're getting to be, I mean, I have qualms about who owns that, a lot of that stuff actually, Michael, but yeah. if you put that aside, the UK is emerging as a sort of <clears throat> um, renewables superpower, but base load is still unanswered. We still don't have an answer to it, and we won't have an answer to it until we roll out domestic uh, nuclear at scale again. But well, if we I, do, then we have actually a, a wonderful situation where you have a lot of wind uh, power and you have base load from nuclear. That's it. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to partially agree with you. <laughs> Getting there, it worries me that things like offshore wind involve basically taking money from the poorest people in, in Britain um, and giving it to the people who own the offshore wind terminals, which tend to be the richest people in Britain. Yeah, uh, I, th- yeah. I think there's a there's a, a, a nasty sort of redistribution going on there, which nobody I think really wants. Uh, mm. But the second, there's a bugbear here of mine, so I, I should alert you. Um, we're going back to Drax. Drax, but yes, you're yeah. Drax power yes. section, I think, is is absolutely yeah. utterly unconscionable. The idea that mm. that Britain's green power is partly in fact quite largely dependent on you know shipping in ships from you know hardwood. forested old old cut old growth hard hard forests hardwood forests in 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 the US and then burning it and believing that this is green is absolutely unconscionable absolutely unconscionable mm-hmm. from an environmental point of view from a co2 point of view let me say this, Drax will be better off burning, burning gas, definitely. Better mm. off burning coal also, because mm. the, 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 what all Drax does is run up this huge carbon debt. You know, that eventually the trees we plant will grow, and in 100 years' time, that will start taking, yeah. it will become neutral. We don't have 100 years. I mean, it's just... Yeah, there's something wrong about that anyway there, Michael, about there's something you should be able to stand back from an arrangement like Drax and ask yourself, is it good for this economy to have, uh, you know, hardwood pellets imported? Terrible for the balance of payments. And it's just not a domestic solution. Terrible in every way, every possible way. It's a terrible, terrible thing to do. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I I, I think one thing that's worth finishing on is, although you say that uh, it's, you know, I, I agree with you, probably the situation for the UK the outlook for the UK because of where it is in the world may may well be a reasonably benign. But the problem is that if it isn't benign, if global warming isn't benign for others in the world, 
uh, they will find their way to your shores. And I, it's a separate yes. debate and a separate yeah. topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think this society, in fact, I don't think Western Europe has the will to deter people from coming on mass. And I think that, that potentially will, will be the real uh, uh, consequence. Uh, I in, totally in agree. To come. I totally yeah. agree. Um, and, the, you know, I, the, the, there's no way that uh, I want this, what I've said to be, uh, thought of as denying what's happening. I'm not. I'm looking mm. at the science, and that's what the science is telling me, that we're, that current policies don't work. If we're going to get global warming, and we probably are, then we're going to get it. Um, mm. It's not going to affect Britain that much, but to the extent that it is, making us poorer will make matters worse, not better. And then you start to think about the massive questions for places in the world where this really will matter and how that's going mm. to ramify to us and those are the real questions that that that, that, that I, I those are the real questions I, that now need answering and i need thinking about guess what yeah. no one's answering them no one's thinking about them no and actually but no but you know to finish my the point is that actually too few people are noticing and making the point i mean what you're all you're doing is looking at the very data that uh, justifies some of the policy and and pointing out that sorry on the data and empirically it's not working. You're noticing that. Absolutely you're, unambiguously you're, not working. You're, make, you're making the point. I think we we we, we need to and uh, and be realistic. I, I always want realism in all our responses to everything. Listen, okay. thanks very much. That's very thought-provoking. Thank you. Okay.